Welcome to Roman's Road. I'm your host, Eddie Roman. This is where we talk about evangelism and apologetics and all kinds of Christian stuff. Welcome back to part two of our interview with John Harris, talking about the flat earth. Before we get into the interview, I have an announcement to make about tulips. So tulips are a wonderful flower. I'm sure you know what they are, but in Pella, Iowa, coming up in a couple months, they are having the Tulip Time Festival. This is an annual thing that they do almost every year. They were going to do it last year, but the COVID got them. But this year they are going on with the festival. And the great thing about this particular festival is people are going to be able to come and not only look at all the amazing flowers, but they will also get free gospel tracks given to them by us, a very large group of Christians who will be there doing an evangelism conference, teaching in the morning, outreach in the afternoon. So if you've never done anything like this before and you happen to be somewhere around Iowa, I would encourage you to get on over to tulipgospeloutreach.org. That's tulipgospeloutreach, all one word, dot O-R-G. The speakers this year are going to be myself, Dr. Jason Lyle, who's a lot smarter than me, so that's amazing that there's someone that's smarter than me, and then uh, John Niefert and Tony Ramzek. And so all of these guys are longtime seasoned evangelists, Dr. Jason Lyle, he's a pretty amazing teacher uh, on the subject of uh, presuppositional apologetics, as well as anything having to do with evolutions, science. Guys, uh, pretty smart. So if you would like to learn how to evangelize better or at all, if this is something you've never done before, this is actually a great opportunity for a beginner in evangelism to just come alongside other Christians and just kind of learn how to talk to unbelievers about Jesus Christ. So again, that's tulipgospeloutreach.org. The date of the outreach is May 6 through 8, 2021. And this is amazing because there's so much shut down right now because of the COVID, but this is something that's actually going to happen. So I would encourage you get over there and, and uh, check it out. Now, Back to the interview with John Harris. If you haven't heard part one yet, you really need to go back and listen to it because this subject is so confusing already. Part one will just help you get up to speed and uh, understand the the whys behind this whole uh, conspiracy theory. So back to the interview where we discuss the flat earth conspiracy theory. Another part of this theory is that the governments of the world, the airlines of the world, the rocket ship manufacturers of the world, they're all in on this. So, yes. for instance, I have a friend who is an airline pilot and he flies all over the world. And so according to this theory, my friend actually would know that the earth is flat and he would be in on it because all these people... They're hiding the truth from us. So every employee of every airline, every employee of NASA, 
every physics teacher and um, odometer maker, you know, like on and on and on. Everyone is hiding the truth from us. Isn't that, wouldn't that be true? Well, you know what? If everybody, obviously your friend is a liar. So uh, you should stop being friends with him. He's a pilot. You can't trust him. So my Christian, my Christian friend at church is lying to me. And when he really goes on these airplane trips, he's up there looking down going, boy, that's a flat earth. And I'm not going to tell anybody about it. You know what's even more hilarious than that? Remember when uh, Satan took Jesus to the top of the mountain? We can talk about that next time, by the way. So I don't want to cover it now. But when he took him to the top of the mountain and he showed him the world, the devil showed Jesus the world in order to tempt him. Yes. And uh, that's, that's proof that the earth is flat, see? Because he went to the top of the mountain and Jesus can see the whole world from there. There you go, flat earth. But how, island, can you see the, how can you see the whole world at the same time if it's not flat? <laughs> Exactly, exactly, 100%. And and of course, of course, uh, the mountain he could have gone to couldn't have been any more than like 4,000 feet above ground level, uh, sea level. But what is hilarious is that the pilot who is at 40,000 cannot see, say, Jerusalem from America. Jesus from Jerusalem can see everywhere, everything everywhere. So a a pilot could not be, and and of course, he's either lying or he he really couldn't see. (laughs) And Jesus could do it from a very small little mountain. Yeah, but but I mean, then that gets into, well, Jesus has better eyesight than everyone else. You know, I, oh, I, actually, I remember I remember years ago, I was talking to a, a person in the American cult called the Church of Christ. They were talking about how in order to um, be saved, you must be baptized. And, and th- this will probably have to be a whole nother show at some point, just because the fact that yeah. I've said that, because yeah. a lot of yeah. Christians believe this, but... They were saying that if someone gets saved and they don't get baptized and they die, then they'll go to hell because they haven't been baptized yet because that's a requirement for salvation. And so what I brought up was what about the thief on the cross? He died next to Jesus. Jesus didn't say, before you get saved, you need to get down and get baptized and then get back up on the cross and then you can die and then you'll go to heaven because you've been baptized. No, the, the Bible says that Jesus looked at him and said, today you'll be with me in paradise thus showing that baptism isn't a requirement and what this what this cult member said was well when jesus was here he could do stuff like that <laughs> so rescuing device there's your rescuing device so, so, rescuing so tell us device. about rescuing devices I, I will do i will do um have we finished with the previous one yet <laughs> i doubt it i i don't think so i think at okay. this point I just, I just i just feel i have the urge of responding to something you said you go right uh, ahead you said jesus jesus had special eyesight you said that when he was on yes. top of the mountain he could say well that means it's a miracle now if you want to invoke a miracle to say to say that jesus could see everything then i'm okay with that particular analogy but if you want to invoke no miracle and then say jesus was seeing everything because the earth is flat then we have a problem mm. that was the bit that I was going to throw in, but we talk about all of this next time, and I'll show you other problems that exist along with that. Next now, time, other, next time, that's your rescuing time. device. Always <laughs> the next time. <laughs> now and next time. No, and actually, actually, uh, we definitely will have another episode where we go through all the Bible verses, or at least as many as we can get in in a whole episode, and just what the flat earther will say. They're using the Bible verse, verse as proof. Um, so so that that that'll come up at some point. But uh, yes, I just I wanted this episode to be I finished. What is this, and where does this come from? So, uh, what's a rescuing device? 
Okay, perfect. You don't, uh, by the way, you don't want me to give you any more evidence about the Earth being a globe, right? Because I, I no, can... No, I, I think I'm okay with that. You're bored <laughs> with that. Okay, right. But for all the listeners, it was Eddie's fault. I was ready to give you many more. Okay, so let's talk about uh, rescuing devices here. Now, flat earthers do what evolutionists do when facts are presented, right? They use things we call rescuing device. You remember this thing? You, you remember when you said, John, um, uh, people don't believe, uh, it's not because of lack of evidence, right? The, right. the fact right. is they don't believe despite of the evidence, despite of it, because they use rescuing devices. Yeah. For example, yeah. if you talk about the curvature of the earth, they say it's to do with light refractions. That's, mm. that's the rescuing device. It doesn't matter whether they can see something further away or closer. Their whole explanation is rescuing the, uh, the, this light refraction. For example, no amount of evidence, for example, will, will overcome that. You just can't, because every time you give them evidence, it happens. I mean, you've seen Danny Faulkner do that in, in some of his interviews where he tells them, look, it's to do with light refractions. They, so no matter what evidence you give, they're going to throw that rescuing device into it. That's why I feel that um, this example we gave earlier to do with uh, turbines might actually overcome the rescuing device because it's matching the curvature that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. But some of the rescuing devices are really bad. I mean, it makes you, it, it's quite upsetting because if you show a photograph, they're going to say, well, that's not the curvature of the earth. That's a Photoshop picture, right? It's a fish eye lens. That's why it doesn't work. Even if the guy tells you, I haven't used the fish eye lens on this occasion, they can still say, no, it's a fish eye lens because I don't believe you. I'm into conspiracy. So anything you say is not going to help um, with, with answering the question. Now, if you show them how the Bible doesn't teach the, flat is, uh, the, the earth is flat, they say, I know someone who disagrees with you, who also understands how Bible interpretation works. Can you see that? Mm. So obviously the earth must be flat. I had one person tell me that God told him the earth is flat. I mean, I can never win that. I just I can't argue with it. that one. <laughs> I can't argue with that one. It's the end of story. It's end of finish. And this person happens to be a dear friend, right? Mm. I care about this person. This person is nice and loving and has every intention of wanting to reach the lost. But the earth is flat and God told them. Speaking of rescuing devices, um, we have the issue of gravity. So if the earth is flat, there'd be no such thing as gravity, right? Yeah. Like, first of all, why is that? Why is gravity a problem for flat earth? And, and then uh, what, what's the rescuing devices that they use to get out of that one? Okay, now flat earthers, they don't agree on everything uh, with, between each other. There are lots of, lots of different uh, versions of flat earthers. Sure. And they don't agree on many things, but this one they are united on. There is no gravity. Gravity, no gravity. does not exist. Okay. It's almost like it's almost like personal. It's kind of like a like a vendetta, right? I hate <laughs> gravity. What has gravity ever done for me? It always pulls me down. Hey, it brings me down. That's pretty <laughs> good. Right so, so, oh, so, so, John, I have yeah. my my uh, Yoda coffee yeah. cup here. Yeah. If I was to let it go right now. Yeah. It would most likely fall right on my lap. And I've always known or thought at least that that's because of something called gravity. Right. So I just don't understand how there could not be gravity. So, so well, that, that, when Eddie, I drop my Eddie, coffee cup. Eddie, you're, you're just an ignorant globe earth believer. That's your problem. That's where you're, that's where you're going wrong, you know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Well, let's let's define gravity first. 
so that we can uh, kind of take you to the real problem and tell you why they say this. Because people people want to know why why do flat earthers have this thing about gravity? Okay, so what's gravity? Gravity is this this kind of force, uh, but we rather call it a cause now that pulls things together. Anything that has mass has a gravitational pull. The more mass, the more gravity. It's a gravity that makes things have a weight, right? But you and I aren't overweight. It's just gravity. Amen. You know what I'm saying? So less mass means less pull. If you have less pull, then you have less weight. Nice and easy, right? right. Now, the reason why they have to reject gravity is because if gravity is true, then it causes a lot of problems for them. In some way, I've got to tell you, Eddie, I'm actually impressed with the flat earthers because you don't get a lot of real science with flat earthers. You don't really get good science. But on this one, right, they, they got it right. You know, the flat earth cannot go with gravity. So on one hand, they understand gravity enough to know that they have to reject it. Otherwise, it will cause problems. And on the other hand, by rejecting it, they prove that they know very little about science. So it's kind of the irony, right? They have to reject it because they know enough, but they don't know enough if they reject it, how bad that looks. <laughs> so they understand that if gravity exists, the earth cannot be flat. And, and yeah, why is that? More, more than that. Well, first of all, if there is enough time, if you give enough time, gravity will eventually just crunch down this flat earth to become a sphere, which is what they're trying to avoid. They don't want the earth <laughs> to be a sphere. So if you give it enough time, then they're going to have that problem. Also on globe earth, gravity pulls us towards the earth in the same direction, no matter where you're standing, right? Doesn't matter where you go, down, left. Yeah, because, because everything pulls towards the center of the object. Whatever mm -hmm. it is, the object has got gravitational pull and you're moving towards the center. So anywhere you stand on it, you're standing upright. But that's not the same with flat earth because on flat earth, you can only stand perfectly vertical on the North Pole because that's the center. Uh, if gravity did exist. So anywhere else would be pulled towards the center of this earth, which is basically the North Pole. So if you're at the North Pole, you can stand up properly. But if you walk away from the North Pole, it will be like you're slowly walking towards uphill until you eventually hit the edge of flat earth, where you will literally be like climbing up a very steep mountain. And just as you get over the edge of the flat earth, you can stand up vertically, right? As, as you would do when you reach the top of the mountain. So gravity is the effect. That, that, so gravity on flat earth affects you when you walk, when you play sports, because every time you kick a ball, uh, you, it's going to go back to the North Pole, because that's where, that's where the gravity is, the center of the gravity. There would be a lot of balls at the North Pole oh, if the earth was not, flat. Not only that, it affects how trees grow, because they're pointing towards gravity. That's because they're pointing away from gravity. That's right. how they're going. Uh, it affects how water flows because it's like you have water at the top of the hill. It's coming running down towards the North Pole and how rain falls because all the rain is following the gravitational pole. So you can't have gravity. You'll have water collected in the North Pole. You so say you have a big sea of water there, but no water at the edges of the earth. So you have like a desert uh, there. So everything is affected. You have gravity. You're going down. Oh, wait. Hey. That was, <laughs> was not intended. But uh, yeah. Good, I appreciate wow. that. So, okay, so, so it's pretty clear if gravity exists, <laughs> uh, that's a problem for flat earth. So what's the rescuing device there? What does a flat earther say? What's the reason my, my Yoda coffee cup will fall down if I let it go right now? Okay. What's going on there, according right, so, to a flat earther? Okay, so if you've got a, an object, which is uh, standing there in space, 
uh, it comes down because they say there are two people, there are two types of people here. There are the type who believes that there is buoyancy and density uh, in effect here, and another type, some sort of an acceleration that the Earth goes through in order to produce gravitational pull. All right, so um, these are the two, are the two th theories that flat earthers give for what, what's really going on because there's no such thing as gravity. Exactly. So okay. if you, it depends which camp you belong to. So most camps don't like the um, gravitational pull that's caused by the acceleration of the Earth moving upwards. It, it contradicts with their view. So they say that um, they're not going to believe in the uh, flat Earth society. So they reject the flat Earth society's explanation, which I think is scientifically probably more sound. And they go along with buoyancy and density instead. So the idea is that something goes up or down because it's either heavier or lighter than air. Now that in itself doesn't make sense because the reason it comes down or goes up is because of gravity. You can't have something coming down or up because of buoyancy of air, uh, buoyancy and density of air, because why down, why up? It could, why not left or right kind of thing, right? So, <laughs> right. But, but this is the interesting thing about this because if buoyancy and density is the reason why things go up or down, then it is so easily resolved because all you've got to do is ask the person this question. And most people would say, I don't know. And this is frustrating because it should not lead to, I don't know. It should lead to, I get you, you've cornered me. And that's what it should do. You say, well, that's fine. Look, if everything goes up and down based on buoyancy, because it's heavier than air or lighter than air, we'll go with that. Let's go with that, even though it doesn't make sense because without gravity, even that behavior is inconsistent as wrong and wrong. All you've got to do is get a machine like a chamber and take all the air out and put something in it. It doesn't matter what you put in it because it's points in density that makes things float or fall. But now you don't have any air. So there is no reason for it to fall. What do you think will happen? And most people would, I would say one of two things, either I don't know, or it would float in that chamber. And I say, what would you say if it actually fell? Because if it fell, falls and there is no other explanation other than mm. gravity pulling it down, because right. this buoyancy right. is no longer an action, is not producing what you expect it to do. And they say, no, that's not possible. And then you show them, and I can't show them because I don't have this machine with me all the time. I don't walk around with it. But uh, this video that I released has got that in there and that explanation where I show them there's a chamber, no air in it, and there's a feather. Feather normally, you're saying it falls because of buoyancy but now it's falling and there is no air in it. Yeah. Buoyancy and density can no longer be the cause of this. But the universal acceleration uh, is what the Flat Earth Society believes that happens. Okay, and so this, this is, this is the, the idea that the Earth is, it's out there in space and it's a, a disk and it's just going up really fast, right? Yeah. And so because of that, it's kind of like being in an elevator Type, type of thing where it's going up. And so if you jump up or if you drop something, the fact that the earth is going up really fast, that's why it seems to us that things are going down. Is that correct? Yes, 100% there, yeah. If you're in a lift and the lift is going up at a certain speed, you don't know whether you've just become heavier because of gravity or because of the acceleration of this lift that's going upwards. And if you're, they're saying if you accelerate at 9.8 meters per second squared, then you won't know the difference between that and being on Earth because Earth is accelerating at that speed. And you know what? That would work. 
And that was why I can't get my head around. It doesn't, it doesn't work all the way, by the way. There are many problems with it. But that would be a better explanation than buoyancy and density. But the problem with that is that the flat earther says the earth doesn't move. It's fixed in its foundation. So if you start saying it's going to move, now you've destroyed everything the Bible talks about, the earth being immovable. And what happens now is that you've got an accelerating machine. Not mm. only that, now you have to explain why you have this accelerating machine and where the energy is coming from and how, how is it coping with reaching nearly the speed of light. Uh, ultimately, you couldn't reach the speed of light because some stuff happens that Einstein told us about, but you would reach nearly the speed of light and the energy required is almost infinite within a few months. So we're talking about some serious consequences and believing in this, but ultimately it makes more sense. Uh, but of course, it doesn't solve all the problems because we know that accelerated acceleration or universal acceleration is not the same as gravity exactly because on top of a mountain, you weigh less and universal mm -hmm. acceleration would make you the same weight, whether you're on top of a mountain or sea level or any level, whereas gravity that changes because you're further away from the center of gravity. So that's why you would know that they're different. And Einstein did say that. He said this locally in this, in this, uh, this, in this, it's easy for me to say. Yes. In this, uh, in this, uh, wow, why am I having discretion? No, wait. Uh, indistinguishable. Indistinguishable. Somebody was not listening and I woke him up by me not being able to huh? say a word. Well, obviously, you know, then they would say, well, Einstein was just in on the conspiracy. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, they're happy to take Einstein. They're happy to take Einstein's word for it because that's the only way they can prove universal acceleration. But not, huh. not the average flat earther, by the way. The average flat earther denies anything the flat earther says as society because they call them the controlled opposition. Apparently, ah. they don't. They don't, they don't like somebody being in charge. They, no. It's back to the government and anyone in control. We, we don't like if them. If there's a control, we don't want them, unless it's me, of course. Not me hey. personally, them. <laughs> so, so, I mean, with all this stuff, uh, it really just sends your mind in a spin. I don't know if that's a globe spin or a flat plate spin, but wh whatever the case. Oh, good one. It, it's dizzying. On social media, it's more of an argument than a discussion. You rarely see you know, two kind people exchanging ideas. It's it's like, you're an idiot. You believe the, the earth is a globe. No, you're really stupid. You believe it's flat. And when you're when you're talking to Christians, obviously we're not supposed to make fun of each other. And, and that's what makes this hard because you hear this and you're like, what? That's crazy. But you don't realize this person in front of you, they, they really do believe that. And you really are insulting them when you're telling that. Even on this podcast, I kind of, you know, make some jokes. And at the same time, I kind of cringe thinking, man, I really don't want someone to hear this who really believes this, who now thinks this guy's making fun of me. It's just so hard to, at least when you're, when you're first experiencing this, these theories or these ideas to not just laugh. So how do you deal with Christians who are in this and they, they, you know, they're so passionate about it. It's very easy for the whole thing to turn into an argument really quick. How do you go about talking to Christians who are flat earthers and they, they really do believe in this stuff? Wow. And not get into an argument. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if you find out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> no, Have you, know, you ever been in a discussion that wasn't an argument <laughs> when it comes yeah. to this? Normally, normally the discussion ends like this. Either they say, John, I get your point, or they say, John, you're an idiot. That's why you're not a flat earther. And it's, it's very strange that they, um, it resorts to that usually because I'm saying, look, I, I, the, the answer to your question is this, and because of this, you do that. Uh, and I take them through it. And at the end, they get so frustrated because they, they feel that they haven't broken through, that mm. they resort to saying only an idiot believes the earth is round or, or, or globe. Um, so it's really a problem. So I think there's a lot of intolerance in, on both sides. I'll be honest with you. I've joined a sure. few flat earth societies on Facebook and I can see, uh, I, I can say that those who are not flat earthers don't rate the intelligence of the flat earthers very highly, as you can imagine. The ultimate uh, that, that that ultimately causes retaliation and aggressive right. language. I must also say that some flat earthers leave themselves wide open when they make comments like there is no gravity, right? You say, um, or say that the gravity is a result of buoyancy and density in air. Uh, that never brings about a good discussion because that is not the reason why things go down. What's strange is that the majority of flat earthers are religious. And uh, to make it worse, most of them seem to be saying that they're Christians. Uh, at least they claim it. I, I don't know if they are or not. Some of times you wonder because some language they use is not particularly, uh, right. particularly very nice. Um, so if someone who's claiming to be a Christian uh, and, and starts arguing over the internet, I just make sure I distance myself from them. I, I have to, I just can't get involved. I, I, I try to have nothing to do with that. Uh, I don't believe that, I don't believe it. I, I'm strongly against it and I reject it and it's not biblical. So I, I don't get involved in any shape or form. If it's in person, I probably would start a conversation with them and hope and pray that it will make a difference after I talk to them. Mm -hmm. I bring about some of those things I talked about. Um, the main one I do bring out would be um, uh, the gravity. I bring up the gravity and I say, what's in, in your opinion? Can you please tell me in your opinion, what do you think about gravity? How do you think it works? And I use these examples that I have. Um, and the other thing I do is, uh, th this is a very good argument, by the way, if somebody wants to kind of explain the globe earth versus flat earth to flat earther, say, look, explain to me something. If I am actually at the North Pole, uh, or in the northern hemisphere, and I look towards northern towards the stars. All the stars are turning anticlockwise, are rotating anticlockwise. But if I'm in the southern hemisphere, they all rotate in a clockwise motion. Mm. How would you explain that in a flat Earth motion? How in a model? How would you do that? Because that doesn't seem to make sense. And also, the other thing you can do is say, look, if you've got friends who live, say, in Australia or South Africa, South Australia. South America, call them. The stars they're looking at are all identical, but on a flat earth, they're looking at the edge of the dome because that's what they're looking when they're looking south. But when they look south on a globe earth, they're seeing the same star set or at least the similar formation of stars. Just call them and ask them, what are they seeing? And if they're seeing something different to you um, and you're looking at the same, um, if, if you look, if they're looking and they're seeing different, the same star sets, then they can't be on flat earth. And here's the freaky one. This is probably the freakiest one of all. If you're on the equator and you look, you, you see all these actions at the same time. You see all three at the same time. What you see if you are at the equator and you look in the northern hemisphere, you see the stars are turning anticlockwise. And if you turn the other way and look south, they're turning clockwise. And if you look straight up, they're going in a straight line. So you get all three at the same time. You, I want to know 
how you could possibly make that happen on a flat earth model. I'll tell you how you can make that happen, Mr. Globe Earther. Yes, NASA sir. actually put a huge movie screen up in the sky at night and they're just playing a video of it. Just and for me, just for you. me, because I'm standing there and nobody yes. else. They're following you. And yes. as crazy as that sound, that I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone used that as a rescuing device. So, so you know, you, you said something that I think all of us have experienced is you're on the internet, someone wants to argue, it's very easy just to click off and, you know, go about your day. But what about when it's a family member? Like, how do you deal with a close friend or, or someone who isn't going to give up this kind of belief overnight? You know, with, with a lot of people, I, I mean, most worldview issues, it takes years for a person to learn and to, and to experience things and to hear things and, and to change, you know? So, so what about that? What, what are some things as Christians that we need to, to do and keep in mind when there's someone in our life who this is an issue, you know, how, how do you, how do you deal with, with that kind of thing? The person you can't just walk away from or, or click off and, and shut down the Facebook or whatever. Wow, Eddie, honestly, this is probably the hardest thing you're asking me right now. I would say the first thing to do is to get to know the subject. You, this is a close family member and you care about them and you love them and you can't just let it be. It's really hard. So yeah. first thing you want to do is get to know the subject. I know it's going to be hard, but it's important. They are very good at challenging everything you've ever learned and everything you've, you make you, they make you doubt everything you've ever studied. They'll ask you to prove the Earth's gravity or the Earth's curvature. They ask you to prove it. That's kind of like their way of cornering you. So and it's like you, you automatically have to become an expert in science. You know, even when you were talking about buoyancy and density, my first thought was, well, I don't know anything about that, <laughs> you know, but you're, what you're saying is, this is, is if you really care about the person, you're going to make an attempt to understand these things so you can have an actual conversation with them other than just saying you're an idiot. Correct. Absolutely. That's it. I mean, they're family members, so you care about them and you want yeah. them in the long run to get back again, although that's going to be possibly a miracle. Because again, I mean, once you're into that conspiracy, there's it's very hard to get you out. But at least you feel more equipped. They make you doubt yourself. So sometimes you think, well, I don't know. I've never really looked for myself. Right. So you need to look into it. Hopefully by the videos we make, people are going to get more informed. They'll go on and on about the Earth's dome and how the sun is so close and how the airline's flight paths prove the Earth is flat and how NASA hired a painter to paint the dome with the stars. Have you come across that one? And that made your no. eyes open. I just saw your eyes open wide. That just would have started. been a very long job. <laughs> and the guy came out clean, apparently. He, he went out and he admitted that, yeah, I got hired by NASA and they told me I'm the painter. I've got to paint these little stars in the dome and clear it and clean it. And so, and so, and so, I mean, without turning this into another three hours, obviously this goes hand in hand with every once in a while you hear about someone who doesn't believe that the moon landing actually happened, yes. or they don't believe that anything is ever like spaceships. They believe yeah. That, yeah. that just doesn't happen. It's, you know? Yeah. And you know what, uh, Eddie, I know people who are sound in their thinking and in their science that have doubts and problems with that. And that's really another issue, which we can include in our next talk. You know, we can talk about the dome and we can talk about all these conspiracies to do with the moon landing and and um, and various other things like the 666 mark, because they include that in there. The Earth angle, if you subtract it by nine and the speed of the Earth, you get 666. All sorts of, or you take the name of wow. Neil Armstrong, 
uh, honestly, we, we should cover all of that because it's really fascinating to find out and how some Polish uh, cosmonaut came out admitting that the earth is flat. Um, mm. on, honestly, and you know what gets frustrating is that um, you can't give any evidence because no matter what you say, uh, the people you're bringing as your evidence are liars. And then you bring uh, Christians. Charles right. Duke, for example, was a Christian and uh, or, or is a Christian. And he's been, I bet, I've seen him in churches giving testimonies and speaking about Jesus. And he says the earth is a globe. So I say, are you saying that this Christian is a liar too? Because he's seen it, right? He's seen it with his own eyes. So it makes them stumble, but unfortunately not enough. But they deny everything you give them. Photographs are just fisheye lenses and you just can't win. Now, all I'm going to say is don't be afraid to say that you don't know the answer to the question when they ask you something, right? right. Say, look, I don't know. I'm not the one who's proving to you the earth is a globe. You're the one proving to me the earth is flat. I'm going to show you how to do this next time. We can talk maybe. Uh, but yeah, promise yeah. them that you go back and find out and talk to them some more and give them some answers. So my first advice is to get to know the subject. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to help them. Or call people that you know who know the subject and invite them to your house and hope that they will talk to them. How Are you just trying it? to get people to invite you over to their house for dinner? Only if there is dinner involved. Don't even bother if food is not involved. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> you know what? This John, John only <laughs> likes a flat steak and uh, things like that. So. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. And you know what? I've got to tell you, Eddie. I know. Uh, I've heard of a lot of people. I know of of people, and I've heard of other people who their spouses have become flat earthers, and they're struggling with them. Mm. So. And, and you know what? And it really is a big thing because, you know, once you go flat, you can't go back and all of that becomes a real issue because now it's somebody you really love and you live with who cannot right. stop talking about this thing until you change your mind. It's almost militant and it really hurts. It really does hurt. So I appreciate it. I know exactly what you're going through, but get yourself educated or, in, uh, or invite people who you think know the subject to get them to talk to them and, and get to the bottom of it, if possible, at least just to put enough doubt. Somebody who's willing to go out there and fight for it because um, it's not going to happen unless somebody's determined. Okay. And, and then, you know, so there's the family member issue. And then obviously just among other Christians, man, this can be so distracting to the gospel. Like as Christians, our mission is to preach the gospel, but then you have people who claim to be Christians and their mission is to convince everyone around them that the earth is, is flat. I mean, I'm sure you've seen this, like you were saying a little bit ago, that people are are really adamant about this. It becomes their thing. And this this actually isn't just a thing with flat earth. It can be any Christian belief or any belief where someone just becomes so preoccupied with proving this one thing that they just totally don't even seem to care about the gospel. Oh, man, it really is surprising that uh, most people who believe in flat earth make it their maximum priority. Mm -hmm. Either to mention it whilst they're sharing the gospel or to talk about it shortly after, right? Shortly after, at least after they get to know the person, right? So they give them the gospel and apparently the next stage is to take them through the flat earth uh, conspiracy. It's never kept a secret. They talk about it as if it's necessary part of Christianity. If I meet with a flat earther who finds out I'm a Christian, they usually say, if you're a Christian, how come you're not a flat earther? The Bible says the earth is flat all everywhere. You know, that is the first thing that comes out. Huh. They, this, this flat issue has become the most distracting subject there has ever been, right? <laughs> not only it's been distracting, but it's almost damaging, not to mention embarrassing, right? Telling someone that the Bible teaches the earth is flat is like saying, I know very little about the Bible and I have no idea how to interpret it. That's basically what they're saying. 
it uh, also sends a, a message saying uh, I'm heavily into conspiracies and I don't trust anyone who says the earth is a globe. The, the gospel message should never be mixed with this conspiracy. This is nothing to do. If you are a Christian and you think the Bible is talking about flat earth, it's an in-house conversation. It shouldn't be part of your witnessing. It should not be part of what you share with people. It's kind of like when you meet with somebody, you don't talk to them about eschatology because you have a different view about eschatology. Right. You leave that to like an in-house discussion later on. You have a Bible study and you talk about it. But of course, this one is extremely disruptive, extremely damaging. And um, I, I, I just urge people just to let it be, not to include it as part of their... Um, as part of their witnessing or yeah. their conversation, you know? So, so John, people are probably going, you know, hopefully somebody will listen to this podcast or watch, watch this thing. And usually flat earthers, they will watch, uh, I don't even know how to say it. Globe earthers. <laughs> uh, you know, flat earthers will watch material like this to kind of go through it and just see what the opposition <laughs> is uh, thinking so, you know, I'm sure there's there's some flat earthers who are watching this program right now or listening to it. What would you have to say to them? What would, what would you like to say to someone who's watching this and they are sold that the earth is flat? Okay. Oh, man. I probably have a thousand things I want to say. We don't have that much time, right? No. Um, I'll mention just a couple. In 30 just seconds. Just kidding. Oh, my no. oh, my. <laughs> Go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. What I'm would you say to a flat earther? Okay. Look, I'm aware that there's nothing I can say or do to change your mind. That's a fact. And of course, people have got the right to believe whatever they want. They're free to believe what they want. Um, but the, what I'm asking is, please, don't tell, don't tell anyone that the Bible teaches it, because th that's not true. The Bible doesn't teach it. And God willing, we'll have a separate episode on that. And we'll bring up all these most famous verses that flat earthers bring, and uh, we'll clear it all up so that there is no confusion. I mean, ultimately, we all want to know the truth, right? We don't want people to believe something that's not true about the Bible and distract them and cause confusion. The second and last thing I want to say is this. Look, as intelligent human beings, we should be able to tell the difference between something that's possible and something that's reasonable. Mm -hmm. Just because something is possible, it doesn't mean that it's reasonable. And I really want you to take that with you with everything that you do. For example, is it possible that, flat, that the earth is flat and that every technological industry that uh, that ever existed and all world governments, including those who hate each other and competitors are all in on this conspiracy? Is it possible that millions of people have been given some fictitious job just to keep this perpetuated? Is, and is it possible that there are soldiers and armies around the edges of the earth guarding this, um, uh, guarding us from going there? Is it possible? Look, I'm gonna be kind and we're gonna say just for the sake of argument, it is possible. But is it reasonable? Please think about it. Which one is more likely? You can say anything is possible, but is it reasonable? We don't make life choices based on things that are possible. Otherwise, we wouldn't even cross the road or, uh, or do mundane things with our lives. Just because something is remotely possible, it doesn't mean it's reasonable. Intelligent people should be able to weigh the facts and then decide whether it's reasonable or be able to wisely judge what's more likely. Let's be wise and make good, reasonable choices in our lives. Well, that is a very reasonable thing to ask. John, where can we find you on the worldwide web? Where can, we, where can people find you when they want to learn more about the, uh, the flatness, globeness stuff? Basically, we have a website called livingwaterseu.com. So it's similar to livingwaters.com, but with an EU 
just before the dot, so livingwatereseu.com. But if you can't remember that, just type Living Waters Europe on Google. And if you want to find us on YouTube, just type Living Waters Europe. That's where all the videos are going to be released. So that's a good thing to remember. Uh, we're obviously also on um, Facebook. And same thing, Living Waters Europe. Just type it in there. You should be able to find us. Or if you want to be more clever, just slash Living Waters Europe. So facebook.com slash Living Waters Europe. And of course, uh, Twitter. If you're interested, we are there as well. And Living Waters EU is how you find us there. And Instagram, Living Waters Europe with underscores between the words. Living living underscore waters underscore Europe. Yeah, and uh, man, it's been such a pleasure to be here. And uh, we hope people want to know and contact us. And if they have questions, we'll be more than happy to answer. Yeah, well, I am flat out thrilled that you were on the program. And uh, thanks so much for coming on. And, and like we said, we will definitely do another show going through all the the uh, verses dealing with flat earth and we will see you all next time again on roman's road if you've enjoyed this podcast please give it a good review on itunes this is the best way for others to notice roman's road and give it a listen the more christians listening and learning how to evangelize the more we glorify the lord Ray Comfort here. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please take a moment to do so now. On your phone's podcast app, search for Romans Road, and when you find it, hit subscribe. It's free, and by doing so, you'll get all episodes past, present, and future. Then when you're finished, head over to livingwaters.com for a huge collection of evangelism videos, articles, tracks, and resources to help you share the gospel with those around you. That's livingwaters.com. Thanks for listening to Roman's Road. If you want to learn how to evangelize, check out my book, Search and Rescue, available at eddyroman.com. On my website, you'll also find videos and other things to encourage you to preach the gospel to your friends and family. That's eddyroman.com. See you next time. The good news is Striving for Eternity would love to come to your church to spend two days with your folks teaching them biblical hermeneutics. That's right, the art and science of interpreting scripture. The bad news is somebody attending might be really upset to discover Jeremiah 29.11 should not be their life verse. To learn more, go to strivingforeternity.org to host a Bible interpretation made easy seminar in your area.